The shepherd you choose to follow makes all the difference. Remember, in the Middle East, the shepherds do not drive their sheep as most do here in the West. They lead them, which is how today's gospel makes sense. They, the sheep, will listen to my voice. That sounds like a hope mothers might have for their children. (laughs) From Jesus' life and death, it's easy to see how the early church picked up on the Good Shepherd theme because the Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, as in his death on the cross. Doesn't run away from the tough confrontations with wolves in whatever form they may take. Crucial for a sheep to know its shepherd's voice because, as I witnessed over there, sometimes flocks crisscross each other's paths. And you wonder if a sheep, especially a lamb, can stay together with its own flock. Once I saw three flocks converge, curious whether they would all get sorted out. They all looked the same. But they did. The shepherds calling in a sing-song voice to their flocks, and they followed. Now, contrary to paintings, especially those of shepherds in the Christmas story, shepherds in the Middle East are hardly ever adults. The pay simply isn't enough to live on, much less support a family. So shepherding is a job for boys some as young as seven or eight years old, but they learn very quickly, though still more interested with a big smile in the possibility of getting a candy bar from us. (laughs) One day, I noticed a small flock by the side of the road on the way down from Jerusalem to Jericho, the road blocked by a larger flock crossing over. The shepherd boy was watering his sheep by a stream activated by a rainstorm the night before. As they drank, he wandered through his flock of 30 or so, rubbing their ears, stroking their backs, talking quietly to them, and they would nuzzle him back. When they were sated, he moved out in front, and they followed. He'd walk facing forward 10 paces, then turn around and look for a couple of steps, making sure everything was okay, hands in pockets, singing. The sheep followed because they knew him, trusted him to lead them in the right paths, a good shepherd. In the same way, I trust Jesus and trust the writer of John's Gospel to portray accurately Jesus' attitude toward life. A specific phrase brings a surprise to many as John has Jesus say that Good Shepherd passage. Now, though it's doubtful Jesus would have said these words, I believe John captured the essence of Jesus' spirit in them. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock 
one shepherd. May I suggest that this implies that neither God nor Christ is heavily invested in organizational labels, whether people are Anglican, Orthodox, Protestant, or Roman. And I would venture to say, whether Hindu or Buddhist, Muslim or Jewish, as Jesus was, or any other faith, or whether, for a variety of reasons, a person cannot identify with any formal religion at all. Several years ago, a man from Florida wrote to me in an email asking good questions about the Bible and my theology he had read from the House of Bishops site. Responding to his question, I asked what faith he belonged to. He replied, I don't belong to any organized religion. I'm an Episcopalian. (laughs) If any person of any faith speaks the voice of goodwill and responds to need by caring actions toward other people, that's all that really matters as far as I'm concerned. A poster I saw the other day notes, Buddha was not a Buddhist. Jesus was not a Christian. Muhammad was not a Muslim. They were teachers who taught love. Love was their religion. Another way of saying it from Reinhold Niebuhr who wrote this perspective, the tendency to claim God as an ally for our particular values and ends is the source of all religious fanaticism. As Bishop Tutu said, God is not a Christian. We have experienced religious fanaticism in recent bombings against Islam, a Jewish synagogue, Christianity, and other religions. For me, the opposite of that kind of religion abuse is the spirit of goodwill. I will the good for you. That is the voice of God and the Good Shepherd. Not whether the words are religiously correct, because the voice of the risen Christ is larger, more inclusive than merely the remembered voice of Jesus, which the gospel writers sometimes used to delineate Christianity from other religions, and not always nicely so. Coming from the experience of self-giving love experienced in Jesus, John is able to write, I have other sheep that do not belong to the fold. I will bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. In other words, self-giving love is one not divided, no matter its motivation or expression, or how it is celebrated culturally or religiously. Christianity is my path, my faith, made possible by the expansive vision of Jesus, whose voice I try to follow as my shepherd. In that spirit, Alan Jones, the former dean of Grace Cathedral, wrote this amazing statement he used at the fraction, the breaking of the bread, facing in the four directions of the compass. 
We break this bread for those who worship the God of the Hindus, for those who follow the path of the Buddha, for our sisters and brothers of Islam, and the Jewish people from whom we come. We pray that one day we may be one. We break this bread for the earth that we have plundered. We pray that one day the earth may reflect in all its fullness the glory of God. We break this bread for those who have no bread, for the starving and homeless, for all the people who are forced to be on the move. We pray that one day the planet will be a home for every living thing and person. We pray for the broken parts of ourselves. We pray that one day we may know the wholeness that is Christ's. And ends, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. That's a feast I can celebrate and say, Amen.